Welcome to Mortally Wounded, episode 38. I'm your host, James. And I'm your host, Chris. And today we're joined with a special guest, Michael Thompson. Hi, Michael. How are you doing? Hey, guys. Here you go. I'm good. Yeah, good, man. Yeah. Welcome to the show, mate. It's good to have you back. It's been um, it's been a few weeks uh, since we've seen you, but um, it's been a busy couple of weeks. We've all been working, and but um, we've been uh, aiming to get together for a, a post-end-of-the-ever-winter uh, wrap-up. Um, episode. So just here today, just have Mike on. We're going to talk about the event, um, uh, lessons learned, things we do better next time, things that worked, all that sort of jazz. We'll um, have a bit of chat. We'll touch on games and um, we'll have a look at what else, what other um, events are coming up soon too. So um, yeah, Chris. Yeah. Um, have you, well, yeah, we had the event what, two weeks ago now. It feels like a lot longer, but um, yeah, yeah, it feels like it was, ages ago. <laughs> it was it was good fun. Um, should we do a quick? Have you been doing any hobby, um, like either up to the event or in the in the couple of weeks since the event, and then we can yeah. touch on the event. Yeah, sure. Um, for me, hobby wise, I've been um, I've been finishing off this uh, little loom loom boss on Cave Squeak. So I've been working on that for the um, Heralds of War charity raffle. Uh, that's coming out. Um, the tickets will go on sale early next year, but it's sort of in lieu of there being no CanCon. Um, uh, Clint's decided to run a, a raffle anyway. So there's a bunch of painters on there um, who are painting up a model, uh, especially for the raffle. So you can, when it all sets, goes out, um, Clint will probably put out an event with all the details and all that sort of thing. But um, basically you can uh, you can buy tickets for the, for the um, model or models that you would like to win. And the money that goes uh, towards each model is um, then distributed out um, a charity of choice for each painter. So I've chosen to go with um, a, the um, Sleepy Burrows Wombat Sanctuary, which is uh, just down in Gunning, New, or near Gunning in, in New South Wales or Gundaroo, sort of around that area. Uh, so that's going to be my um, one of choice. And, yeah, the in honour of that, um, I've decided to call – the loom boss on giant cave squeak fatso on squambat. <laughs> squambat. Squambat, yeah. So that's a bit of a bit of a shout there to Peter Peter Petriman on I uh, commented um recently on a Facebook post. Uh yeah, just saying, should we call it the squig bat or something like that? Like fatso the squig bat. So I'm like, all right. <laughs> it's fat fatso on um on squambat. <laughs> so um yeah, so he's he's almost done. I've just got to I've, I've sort of sealed him up. Um with uh, Tess's dull coat and I'm just ready to go back and do some technical stuff. So I want to really get his, um, like his tongue nice and shiny and wet and moist and might use some water effects in his mouth and awesome. I've just got, I've got to figure out whether I want to do water effects or just give it a nice coat of, um, of hard coat. Yeah. Just to make it, make it shine and glistening. And I'm going to get a bit of um, Nurgle's rot and just kind of get a bit of glistening on some of the, the, um, sort of the different variations on your skin is kind of more, not so much for rot like Nurgle, but more for like an algae kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's, but um, yeah, and that's pretty much it. Um, you, could, um, you could do some kind of like slobbery tendrils using um, yeah. like the glue strands and like clear yeah. glue. That you, you use like tease it with a cocktail stick and um, yeah. make like strands between his teeth or whatever. And, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm scared I'm going to, like, if I try something like that, I'm just going to ruin it. Because <laughs> I've put a lot of, like, I've put a fair amount of care into this one. Like, I've used the, you know, airbrushing and different um, enamel washes and stuff like that. And, um, 
I'm really, really happy with how it's, how it's come out. Um, even down to the point on, on the loon boss's uh, little cloak, I've done like a little checker yeah. uh, pattern on his little cloak, uh, just to sort of branch out and try and do a little bit more than what I would, would normally. Um, but yeah, I'm kind of a bit scared. I'm going <laughs> to kind of um, ruin it if I try something fancy, but I suppose I could just do a bit of practice first. Yeah. Or something else. Practice something out. It's pretty easy as well. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, no, it looks cool. But the photos you shared on the page look really good. So. Oh, thanks, That's man. the yeah. one with the uh, tan color. Uh, yeah. Skin color. Sweet. Yeah. It's kind yeah. of more tan. I've, cause I've done different variations of color with um, sort of blues and purples, like just the Caribbean crimson wash and um, Dragonoff nightshade to kind of give him some variations of um, skin color and, um, and that sort of thing. And then just done all over wash with um, AK Interactive's Streak and Grime. Um, and sort of a real thin down wash. Uh, I didn't want to go too dark, and then I've kind of removed that with, um, you know, a Q-tip with some um, thinners and stuff like that just to – it's kind of like reverse um, highlighting. So I've been doing that kind of technique a lot recently with um, a few different things, um, especially with the narrative army I've been working on. Um, oh, speaking of that, of uh, yeah, I won't go into too much because we'll talk about events coming up later, but I've, I'm swinging the hobby back towards the narrative army. And I've got some ideas uh, for what I want to do with the Bloodseeker Palanquin that I've been uh, preparing for that. So it's about half finished. So I've uh, decided to, I've figured out which um, vampire I'm going to put on the on the Bloodseeker Palanquin. So looking forward to getting that on, uh, getting that done. Um, so the guys that I was going to put on there um, are from Carol Rudik, which is this Polish sculpt sculptor. Um, so they're a bit bigger and. The couple of the vampires that I originally wanted to put on there are just a bit too big. They don't look quite right on the um, on the on the throne, I guess you could say, on the palanquin. Um, so I've actually decided to use another one of his sculpts, which is like a Nosferatu vampire with his wings outstretched. So oh, I'm yeah. going to sort of perch him on the front. I'm going to put the that cauldron of blood, um, you know, where that little shrine goes in the back of the um, yep, of the like throne. the kneeling, so the kneeling man type thing. Yeah, that kneeling man with his wings outstretched. So he's he's going to be sort of perched on the front, um, and there's like a bit of masonry that he's leaning on. But I'm going to kind of incorporate that into the into the palanquin, like put a stake on the end with, you know, one of these bits from the um, the horrors kit. Hey, you've got those little impaled, half rotted corpses on there on spikes, kind of thing. Um, going to put that on the end, and um, yeah, that'll kind of hopefully integrate that into the the piece as a whole but yeah i just like the idea of having this nosferatu sort of style vampire just perched on the front of the palanquin he's like the sanguine arc in the army so uh i think it's gonna look really cool so it's gonna be, be a bit different um yeah so yeah cool yeah writing war scrolls of anvil of apotheosis war scrolls for the event as well sort of started experimenting a bit how i'm going to approach that um but i'm gonna use one of the vampires as the general for my army and um I'm going to use another Mercia miniature for his um, sort of his attendant or his two IC. So you've got two Anvil of Apotheosis heroes um, mm -hmm. in the Allure, Allure of the Beast Grave event that's coming up in March next year. So, but I will go into those more of those details a bit later. But that's been it for me for hobby. Um, bit of gaming, just a, been doing a weekly gaming event um, or campaign that we're running at the local shop here at Nerdstar Gaming in Goulburn. Uh, we once a week we meet up and um, we've been playing through the Storm Vault campaign 
with um, four four players uh, from the local scene here. So shout out to Kurt, Evan, and Ryan. Uh, so we got Stormcast, we've got um, Feck, and another Nighthorn army. So we're just playing um, thousand points, sometimes fifteen hundred point um, games, and just yeah, playing playing out through it um, with you know the awakened artifacts and all that sort of thing. So yeah, we're working our way through that. So it's really cool. So yeah, cool. And um, how about you, Michael? Have you been doing any hobby at all? Or I see you've been doing a fair bit of TTS. You signed up to Hammer Time 6, I think. And... Yeah, um, that was a bit of a rough trip, playing till 9 a.m. in the morning. Ugh. But, um, yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, it started at midnight or oh, 11 o'clock our time and finished at 9 a.m. Um, Jeez. Yeah, you just oh, I just wanted to. It's good fun, though. It sounds... Yeah, I, I just find... TTS, you find a whole lot of um, learning capabilities through it. It's like training runs. Like if you were to play any other sport, you, you, you go to training once or twice a week. And that's what I find TTS to be um, for me. Like you learn people's armies, what they can do with them. It's just an information overload of detail and rules and way people can play them without having to pack up an army and go and roll dice for three hours, you can get through three games in, yeah, relatively quick time if you were to um, do it back-to-back. -back. So it, um, I, the best thing I can draw it to is uh, when online poker really kicked off, um, a lot of uh, people under 25 learnt all this knowledge that guys back in the 70s and 80s had to learn for 20 40 years until they became really good poker players and that's sort of what tts has done for aos in in my eyes yeah but um i've uh i've built a, a lumineth list that i'm taking up to the gold coast event um i just need to get it painted um rent done a a, a battle report yesterday for one of the local guys, which we put up on Measured Gaming Channel. Um, so, yeah, besides running the event that you just went to, um, finally getting out and rolling some dice and, yeah, signing up to events, which I really just can't wait for, really. Yeah. You said the Gold Coast event you're going to. Is that the one on what would be the um, CanCon weekend in Australia? Yeah. Weekend? Yeah. yeah. So, GoldCon. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, cool. Um, what about you, Chris? Yeah. Oh, sorry, but yeah. No, you're right. You're right. Better, Chris. Um, well, yeah, you you mentioned the, uh, the horror kit for bits that you were using for one of your conversions, and uh, I am, as we podcast, painting up horrors for uh, the weekend because <laughs> I'm heading up to the Gold Coast for Christmas for the family, but uh, I'm attending Simon's Simon Hall's event that he's doing this coming weekend. Um, it's just a it is a two day as so I think it's about 30 players. Um, oh, nice. So, yeah, I just I wrote a feck list a couple of weeks ago that I'm I think has got some legs and it's quite different to what's been out there. So, I'm like, you know what, I want to give this a crack. And there's still nothing like a tournament for um, hobby motivation. So, uh, I've had all this <laughs> stuff just sitting unpainted in drawers for ages. And then what I've been off with no events for months and months and months and then suddenly i'm like in a week before this event trying to <laughs> trying to paint up six horrors and 20 ghouls um and uh and stuff and he's doing anvil of apotheosis hero as well so i'm 
I've oh, yeah. made one. I've made one up from a converted. Um, I had a converted crypt haunter model, and so I've basically gone through the anvil of apotheosis and made rules for this guy to try and just be like, okay, well, he's got an axe and an unarmed strike, and I've tried to actually make it match the model. But I still need to paint him as well as finish these other guys. But I'm I'm pretty happy. I've managed to pretty much smash out twenty ghouls and six horrors in my spare time in a couple of days. Um, contrast is contrast is so good for them and i'm just going for like a really kind of all over skin and then just the bone and the fur is one coat and then i'm basically just doing like gory um like gory hands and faces um and the the volopus pink contrast is just perfect for like gore it's just one coat straight over the top of like the pale skin and then i'll just on the ends use blood for the blood god and um, yep. like actually just put some blood so it'll look like they've got caked on stuff further up their arms but on the very ends it'll be like flesh, fresh blood um, and that's yeah. just add, added the proper colour they needed because otherwise they're big like especially the horrors they're just big they would have been pretty plain models but just adding that kind of bit of colour with the blood um, and stuff has just helped um, I think give the model so I'm just doing the basing um, in my scheme which doesn't take me too long um, and then yeah they should be done so it's basically all my hobby, and then I need to get back to um, my deepkin, I think. But yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, I think that's probably enough hobby talk. So let's talk about the main topic of the show and uh, talk about end of the Everwinter. So, um, Michael, what was your desire to uh, kind of put this on, and how did you go about designing your pack? Like, because you you put a lot of thought into choosing specific missions and secondaries and things like yeah. that. So do you want to just have a chat to us the, about that the the general reason for doing it was to get everybody together again just rolling dice there was little bits of elements of everything for competitive for hobbyists but overall it was just to have a two-day event where people could just get back to what we normally have in a i guess a gaming season um jolt were quite open to the fact of holding it so the venue was quite easily to choose from. Canberra had um, its COVID stuff fairly um, open as long as you stuck with your COVID uh, safety plan that I guess every business and establishment had to sign up for to reopen and have people walk through their doors. So um, allowing us to have 40 people there um, was also the other motivation um the local scene had a like a a league finish a couple of weeks beforehand so once the league started it was like well hang on we're building up to 2000 points let's put on a two-day event and see who we can get to come um at that time cancon was still on the schedule so it was like okay the local guys hadn't had a lot of i guess competitive stuff except for charles and dave hurley but um yeah after the event was uh signed up for you of course cancon uh pulled the pin and i guess the rest of it was just like i said trying to get everyone together um the year that was is uh hardly needs any explanation and um i think a lot of people just struggled with where the world was and i guess put a 
something positive out there in the world would have uh, tried to help hobbyists was my aim. Um, the pack itself was, um, I like to add the realms in. Um, I know some people don't like them, but in the new GHB, I find the realms to be, um, I guess, fairly well-rounded. They, they, to me, they're not overpowering. So what we did with the pack was when you built your list, you nominated a realm. Um, and then when it came to game time, you rolled off to fight either in the realm that you chose on your list or no realm at all, depending on who won the roll off. But if you chose out of that selection, then your opponent would pick side and get to drop first as well. So you couldn't, not only could you pick your realm, you couldn't also, I guess, pick the side that had commanding and uh, get a drop. So it was sort of, that was my way of balancing it. If someone had really, um, I guess, tried to beef up an army with the realm stuff, then at least you got to pick a side that would either protect or help you. Um, I don't know how many people actually <laughs> went into that much detail about it, but um, I know the measured guys for their event have adopted the same thing. Um, yep. But I, I liked it. I think the, it's good. I like it too. Yeah, I, I liked it. It it really gave you the like, oh, because you picked a realm. Like some lists didn't really care about it, but others like the realm could be pretty impactful. But then you're like, oh, actually, if there was a side, like you say, that had got like, commanding or something like for fletchy accords like yeah commanding them getting extra cp is huge for them but also a lot of the fleshy accords guys probably chose gur so that they'd be able to like fight on full strength or whatever for their monsters so then you're kind of like mm. your opponent's like oh do i do i choose realm so that they don't get that but then that means they can pick the side with commanding and stuff so it added like a little extra kind of bit of mm. um tactics in, in yeah kind of choosing the tactical sides. thinking before the game um yeah Whereas normally yeah. it's just you choose sides and it's such an obvious, you pretty much always know, like, yeah. whoever wins the roll off, you know, someone's going to pick a side or yeah. whatever. So it was arcane, commanding, anything goes. Um, the only thing is, because um, you could pick no realm, um, if you were to come up against each or like I thought uh, someone was going to bring Teclas, but no one brought Teclas. But you know what I mean? If you had a, a Nagash or a Teclas, and you're worried about the, the realm spell, and you didn't have a strong magic presence yourself, you could pick no realm. So they were negated by, like, especially if they're Shimon for the plus one save or a fireball from uh, the realm fire. Do you know what I mean? So there was the ability to negate it as well. Yeah. Um, yeah and then if you, did, yeah, if you didn't win the roll off, at least you got to pick sides, drop first, and... If you get to drop first, you're a chance of going first, depending on your list, obviously. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, the battle plans, I was trying to... Um, I tried to mix it up where you didn't have two burning scenarios um, for a fact that I think it leaves people with a bad taste in their mouth, especially if you lose twice. <laughs> On, on the burning ones. Um, but I tried to get a battle line, a leader. Um, I'm a big fan of um, a nice edge. I think that's the one where you pick a scenario where uh, an objective worth three and your opponent's got to cap it. Yeah. Or is it? 
a blade's edge or whatever it is yeah so yeah that's a good scenario you should play that one it's good <laughs> forcing the yeah, hand oh forcing the hand sorry yeah I it's, don't easily, like it is, it's easily confused with blade's edge i have to say yeah and blade's edge is the one where you take the objective away is that right yeah yeah that's the one i don't like <laughs> but um yeah so I, I tried that's the the missions i picked um it, it, and it sort of worked out that they they were quite favorable to big monsters and well everyone seemed to think that but um i mean the change host went five and zero and they've what they've got had a lot of change so i mean um yeah the the mission i like total commitment i don't think it gets played enough i can understand why it doesn't but i like it no i agree um i think it's a, a better a better um knife to the heart myself where you slowly move forward and once you get to your opponents you get three points and it's not over but it certainly feels like knife to the edge in the deployment and movement of it to me um but yeah they were the the missions and the goals um i think I think that it was a. It wasn't a bad pack. Um, the, the the rules are the same. I'll probably change a couple of missions. That's all. Yeah, and so you chose ten secondaries out of the eighteen. Yeah. As well, um, how did you go about like picking which ten? And you set <laughs> you set you set them. Oh no, you didn't set them for everyone. We could all pick which two we wanted. But you, yeah, it, it was a selection of ten of the eighteen. So. Yeah. Um, I got. A friend to pick the 10 without okay. um, seeing the lists um, but the the 10 that he picked I probably would have picked myself or something very similar um, I just picked 10 so everybody knew what 10 were in play um, I might I might have take Anthony's um, feedback and leave all 18 open um but i just like that the 10 that are being used um i know some people seem to pick two that everybody has to get on a mission like that's what they've been using on online for their their um plays packs where uh, round one you get a battle plan and you get two auxiliaries with it as well so um i just like having the option to pick your own two um depending on what the mission is yeah i i agree i think i prefer the the flexibility rather than being pigeonholed into a specific two you have to do because some of them will like it, they can be incredibly matchup dependent like if you get one that's like kill all of your opponent's leaders and you come up against someone that's got like four frost lords on stone horns you're just like <laughs> sweet yeah. like it, it, you'd never ever 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 choose that and it's so hard whereas someone else might get the same and come up yeah. against someone that's taken like one hero and it's it's barely um it's like five wounds and five up save or something and you're like well that's just so much easier for them to achieve than this is for me to achieve through no fault yeah. of your own so i like that you had the the ability to choose um I agree. Maybe you could leave all eighteen and just let people pick, but at the same time, it it then does 
it's maybe quite easy to achieve them if you've got 18 to choose from um out out of five games like there's eight you can ignore whereas um the way you did it at least like you you could pick and choose but you were always going to have some that were probably a bit more challenging for your army so you had to know when to use them and stuff like that so and it's it's a yeah sorry you go no no, i was gonna say i i do i do quite like actually the fact that it it wasn't all 18 for five i think if you do six games i think it's six games everyone's gonna be picking like three anyway yeah um and you'll have like you'll be trying to do like all 18 or something um so yeah i'm not really sure i think sometimes i think it's kind of each event can do what they want really i don't think yeah. it's impact impactful enough to be like no this is the way it should always be done i think either way has its own merits but the the fact that you got 10 to choose from is also another way of um dividing the field yeah um like you said not everyone's going to get it um but i do take into the fact um that you know it can leave people a bad taste in their mouth but I like the the fact that, like, because the, the auxiliaries didn't come out until after lists were in. Um, mm-hmm. I like a, a hidden, uh, something that's hidden from yeah. people attending so that the super competitive people aren't just tailoring everything to meet all, all agendas needed. Um, I do like the randomness of something in an event to um, make people think on their feet. Yeah. Um, but that's, like you said, it's each to, to each TO. And yeah. um, something I've always said is if you don't like a players pack, don't don't go. Yeah. <laughs> don't support them. And um, it, it might be a bit negative, but it's just that simple. If, if TOs don't get people to their event, they'll soon change. Yeah. Um, yeah. And plus, having a bit of variety from event to event um, just mixes it up a bit and yeah. gives each event its own sort of character and flavor anyway. So you kind of you want that. You don't want every event just to be the same old thing every time. So yeah, um, correct. You know. So yeah, it's good. The um the other thing I did in my players pack was make it relatively cheap. Um, I had you guys gave us some prior support. Uh, Tyson from Tyson Gleason from Measured Gaming gave us the Lumineth box to give away. Um, uh, sorry if I haven't mentioned you, but heaps of people donated stuff to give away. And um, I guess that's what the place pack was sort of aimed at as well. Like um, for 35 bucks, you got half a lunch for two days. It wasn't much, but it was something. Um, and we got five games in in a pretty good establishment and if if you couldn't make it due to covid and whatever else because i know when we first posted the event you know the world was different to what it is at the moment you were always going to get your money back and it was sort of explained that you know there wasn't going to be a lot of prizes there wasn't going to be a lot of giveaways for the simple fact that you, you don't want to, uh, if people can't make it due to COVID lockdowns or whatever else, that they were out of pocket again. Um, especially if they're in a COVID lockdown, you can guarantee they're probably not working and um, 
whatever else. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I think Jolt um, gave a lot of um, – there's heaps of vouchers at the end there. They just – Yeah. So that they was really were, cool. They, they, they were good. They were really good. Um, they they 3D printed the trophy and, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, the massive giant. Yeah, the giant trophy was cool. <laughs> yeah, that was really good, yeah. But I think yeah, cool. also you had, like, help from guys like Chuck who donated all the well, – the train, yeah, the train, he helped out with train. Um, Chris helped out with numbering the tables. I was really disorganized <laughs> on the first day. Um, why I was, was told that, they, why was that because they told me they weren't opening till 10. Oh, okay. Um, and then I was allowed in at 9 30 to set up, and then everybody was already there. I was just like, oh, <laughs> shit. there was no, there was, was no, there was nothing on the tables. We started looking around nah. and then. Next minute, we're just like, all right, all right, chip in, let's do it. And we, we got them all set up in about five minutes flat. Yeah. About four or five guys just all, um, we did it. We got it, it was done. good. <laughs> it was just, um, I think the first place pack I sent out was 9 a.m. And then Jolt came back and said, we're not opening till 10. So the second one went out to 10. And I think everyone, I must have left the first one up. So everyone thought it was nine. And then when I walk in, everyone's already in there. I'm just like, oh. Shit, here we go. But you know, um, it all worked out. I'm pretty yeah. sure everyone had fun. So I think our um, well, our our first game, uh, well, sort of mildly segueing into games now. But our first game was played on a was it a guild ball? A couple of guild ball mats lined up. Yeah, they, they they left us the table short, and I just yeah, took that as the the buy buster. Buy buster. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cool. Is there anything else you want to um, say about the event? I know that um, I know AOS coach and down under Sigma covered a fair bit um, uh, last week or a week before, I think it was. Uh, but is there any, anything else you'd want to add that hasn't already been said out? Um, there was a big thank you to both you guys for donating prizes. Um, Tyson as well. Um, a big thanks to... And I'm sorry if I get this wrong, but I, th I think her name was Sarah. She was the carer for Terence. Mm -hmm. yep. It was in, yep. a, uh, in a wheelchair. Um, thank you for everyone who allowed him um, or just got out of his way so he could get from table to table. They had yeah. games against him. Um, it's something I'd love to see more in the hobby or the, the tournament scene. Um, and it's not that, that we don't accept them. It's just I don't know how to explain it. I just feel like maybe they don't feel comfortable coming and we need to make them feel included. That's just how I feel. Like I, It was good to have him there. I'm pretty sure he had a great weekend. I just I'd like to see more of it. Absolutely. I don't think I've seen that before, actually. I haven't, I haven't, seen, um, I haven't seen that combo uh, before, so it was really good to see. Yeah, so for the people that weren't there, Terence is um, in a wheelchair, uh, hasn't got great um, access to the top of the table. So Sarah sort of measured everything, moved his models, um, and then, um, yeah, just helped him out on the day. Well, he pr pretty much bossed her around and they rolled dice. They were part of... I think a group of four that came up from Young, which is, what, an hour or two hours drive from Canberra. And 
Um, it was really good having them there. Um, and yeah, she she certainly did her part over both days, so it was awesome. Yeah, I know they, they yeah. drove they drove up and back <laughs> both days, so yeah, it's awesome. Oh really? Jeez. Yeah. I know it's something that you uh, you said to me at the time, like it is actually quite a challenging potentially thing to try and manage because you, so Sarah plays the game herself, um, which you kind of need because it would be very hard for someone that has no understanding or grasp of the game to move the models and to actually understand it, like to be able to do it without being overly slow, etc. But at the yeah. same time, if somebody plays the game, you don't, want them to kind of like be influencing the players because yeah. they're not actually playing like you don't want them to be influencing the the other yeah, player playing decisions so you don't um, want to you don't want a two-on-one um yeah and i think that's really good that she didn't she didn't at all do any of that it was just like whatever he asked her to do that's what she yeah. did and um and yeah she she seemed really nice because yeah it just be I, I think i was joking with you on the weekend just being like are you you sh- are you sure you want me to move this model here? Like, <laughs> just trying to, like, give hints kind of thing. But there was none of that, which is really good. So. But it's just, it's really interesting consideration that you, you wouldn't even think about. Um, so it's not wow. even just the, the having someone there to help somebody that is um, not as able to stand up and play a game on a, on a higher yeah. tabletop, but um, that understands the game, but also won't try and play the game. So, um, no, I think it's, yeah. it's really good. Um, you, I think one of your questions earlier on was what would I change? And that would be one thing was mm, yeah. um, having him have to move from table to table. Um, unfortunately, <laughs> the last game of day one, I had him up the up the back, up against the brick wall um, on the back corner table. And it sort of got a bit, couldn't, couldn't fit in to his wheelchair into a table side to play, so um, I just didn't think about it. Um, I thought, oh, he's got his helper, they'll be fine wherever they go. Um, and I didn't want to have him in one of the side rooms so that he thought that he was just shoved to the corner and left out. But in the end, he sort of said, no, this is where I want to play. And it's like, oh, okay, that's cool. You've asked for it. You're not being shoved in the corner. That's where you want to go. Um, I just wish I had asked him and thought about it earlier um but i guess that's all part of learning <laughs> yeah um it's one for next time yeah. yeah um and how about the um how the event scoring and everything was actually run so oh. it, it was run through tabletop to and i know yeah. there was a, there was a few little kind of teething problems and issues bit a, so bit of a bumpy start what would you <laughs> yeah. um yeah i guess i was, what were your I, was told, I was told that the guys at jolt knew the programming um, I'll be honest, I've never used TTO as a TO myself. I've just always used it at an event. Um, so it was my first time having a crack at it, and the guys at Jolt said they knew what they were doing. Um, so it was like, okay, I've got a group of people at an event, and I haven't even set up yet. We've got times wrong, so I'm racing around trying to set up. <laughs> And then he's like, yeah, I've got TTO sorted out for you. Don't worry. And then uh, comes over. I'm not too sure what's going on. I'm like, what? I thought you said you know what you were doing. And I was like, okay. So. Um, it's a bit of thrown in the deep. I think everyone's a bit thrown in the deep end there. Yeah. 
Um, <laughs> it wasn't. It w- certainly wasn't helpful, but we got there um, in the we end. Got, we, yeah, it was. It was sorted out, sort of after or during lunch and a bit into the start time, start two. But um, we got there in the end. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was again one of the learning curves of being a TO, I guess, and yeah. Um, I, I I wanted to have just everyone have fun. I wasn't, I guess, super serious on the scoring and making sure it was all good, especially when someone told me it was, they, they knew what they were doing. But um, that would be something I'll change. I'll, as much as Jolt were great, now that things are opened, it would be um, a venue that had, um, I guess, no overheads or... Uh, affiliation with anyone, just a, a room or a hall will be my, my next um, adventure into t Yeah. So and do you uh, think you'd, you'd, you'd use tabletop TO again, but you'd maybe yeah, would you, yeah, you'd set been, it up yourself in, in yeah, advance and have everyone yeah. registered to, to enter I'd their be, own score and stuff? I'd be in contact with the people who run it so that I could have the scoring system that I had. Like the scoring system that was in the players pack wasn't was nothing but um, I guess positive. As in, if people achieve stuff, they got this. It wasn't about denying or if you failed, you didn't get anything, sort of thing. So, um, like I said, the the whole thing was about having people come together and be in a positive frame, especially with the year that we've had. I didn't want anyone trying to think that. Oh, yeah. We're going to have a good weekend and then not have a good weekend because they didn't achieve this or they didn't score that. So, um, but the, the scoring would change. I'd stick with the, the 20 nil system that everyone's using. Um, if I was to run a, I guess, a, a full on competitive event. Yeah, cool. Um, so, yeah, do you want to obviously – well, you did play actually because you were, you were playing as the, the buy buster for a couple of games. So um, if uh, I say, James, how did your first game go, then um, I think you two, you two can both have a chat. Um, yeah, well, so we got we got lined up first. Um, so I got the buy buster first up with uh, Mike. So you had you, Mike. You actually you had, very... someone, you had someone to play against and they pulled out with – a day yeah, or two days to go. Yeah, sure. So. I was um yeah, that's right. Yeah, I got drawn up with Sean. Um and so I was yeah, super stoked, pumped. Um because we hadn't played for ages some bloke. But um for yeah, other reasons couldn't couldn't make it, so got stuck with this bozo instead. <laughs> 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 no, nah, but um you brought up a nice friendly Zinch um Archaeon list, Biobuster list. Uh, it was very enjoyable to play against. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think we actually managed to do a, a win all right. I, I think it was like third turn. It was like priority into turn four or something. It was like looking very much in my favor. And it was like, you said, all right, if you win priority, yeah, I'll just concede you've got it. And we rolled and you won priority. Then Arkan proceeded to move everything off the table over the next two turns. Yeah. So, yeah. So it was, yeah, it was good. Thanks. That was total conquest. It was the fact that I could summon stuff. Yeah, yeah, you, you're you're able to pull some stuff out at the end. Yeah, yeah. Um, but um, yeah, the list that I had was thirty ten ten acolytes in the witchfire coven, so they can one unit can shoot in the hero phase. They've got a 
what's it called, a Fate Master, so he can spend his command ability at the start, so everything's re-rolling to hit, and then the Acolytes get plus one to hit from the coven they're in, and they get rend from the spell they cast, so you have threes re-rolling hits uh, for command ability, they can re-roll wounds, so yeah, 30, 30 shots, threes, threes, re-rolling everything, rend one, um, not that it ran one hurt you at all, James, but it's <laughs> yeah. a it, it, it's not bad. And Archaeon's there just because he's the battering ram, you know, like yeah, um, definitely. Siege Siege don't just seem to have that anvil to slow you down. Um, so Archaeon's in there, and then in Siege he gets the plus one to hit and wound. He can have plus one save if he gets an agenda. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's he's not bad. Yeah. So in the end, um, yeah, yeah, you decided you didn't want to win your own event, so no, <laughs> so you gave me, the, <laughs> so you gave me the um, you know, gave me the the pity win at the end. Everyone, there. everyone I played got the win. Don't be, don't be like that. <laughs> at least, at least James actually had to play for it. Yeah. Oh, stop. <laughs> uh, yeah. But no, my but, my yeah. favorite part of that game was um actually when I. When I killed those, I think it was three enlightened or something. Oh. They were just like <laughs> there were just three bases with like the grey models just lying down on the bases. And there's your enlightenment. So I took like great pleasure in taking those. <laughs> yeah, my my army wasn't complete, um, and it was just it's a list that I've always wanted to run at an event, and yeah, I got to. Yeah. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> But I didn't. I didn't. I didn't want anyone sitting around, you know, not having a game. Yeah. Like, um, it's bad enough that you're in that event, and then you have to watch everyone else play because I've, I've got an odd number of players. So, yeah, um, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So, uh, Chris, what do you want to um, chat about your first game? Uh, yeah, I'll just briefly. I um, played Jake Gunning um, with his Iron Jaws. Um, and yeah, he was he was a really nice guy. Um, I wasn't quite sure how the game was going to go because, um, as much as OBR are decent, like I only like four up rerollable save is good, but at the same time, more crushes hit like a truck. So yeah. I was kind of like, if he if he double moves everything on the first turn and charges me with two more crushes, he could quite easily just blow up all my units, and then it would be kind of game on. But um, uh, yeah, so he. I kind of sat back in a bit of a defensive bubble um, because I, I I didn't want to get charged, but then I knew if I t- if I did, he was going to give me first turn, which he then did. Um, but I kind of just had to. I played KG to not push out of my defensive bubble that I'd set up um, and just use my crawlers to to shoot. And I was just happy to take my like I was like I'll just get my one point and score the extra with my leader, and that'll be fine. Um, and I shot with my crawlers and I got pretty good on my first round of shooting. I managed to kill two pigs um, from one unit and took nine wounds off one of his more crushes um, with my turn one shooting. So that was very, very good. Um, So yeah. And then he kind of came in. He, the big thing was his, um, his big more crusher failed a rerollable six inch charge, which um, left it basically just sitting in front of my more tech guard um that i could put all the buffs and stuff onto um and i won the priority for turn two so it was big um but basically from there i was able to do enough and kill a more crusher for taking no damage um and then 
yeah, from there I kind of just was able to to get ahead and and kill him. And I, Arkan got a decent curse of years off on his other more crusher as well that I'd taken nine wounds from shooting in the first turn. So um, he he was left hobbling around with only one wound for a bit. But um, he and he and three pigs still managed to go through a unit of twenty more techs. So um, I was definitely pleased that I didn't kind of just throw them out there to get killed early. Um, so yeah, but um, I managed to get both my secondaries in that game, and Jake didn't get either of his. Um, and one of my secondaries was the bait, which I got with a clutch turn five, because I um, I had I'd said oh I need to get my death riders killed, and then at turn four I think I was like oh let me just double check my secondaries, and I was like oh crap I've got the bait. Um, these horses need to die, and I still have the champion. <laughs> I still had the champion alive. Yeah. Um, with he'd taken one wound, he had two wounds left, and I was like, ah, oh, no, he needs to die. And all um, Jake had at that point was a um, uh, just a war chant, uh, just a weird knob shaman on one of his yeah. objectives. And I was like, okay, if I charge you, you have to attack me. The champion's not going to kill it. So literally, I charged my one horse on into his weird knob on turn five didn't obviously kill it with my attacks and then he because he has three attacks that are like d3 he got one through i failed my save and then he rolled two for the damage and i failed both my deathless and was like yes because <laughs> he <laughs> killed my he killed my last horse so i scored the bait um so yeah no that was a good that was a good strong opening win for me with yeah like i said both my um got the major and got both my secondaries and he didn't get either of his so that was good and yeah no it was a really fun game as well i think um jake's mainly come from 40k um so he was like saying uh like whatever the 40k term is for they're gonna run like they're gonna advance or something and i was like what's they're gonna what like what's this like i didn't know if it was like a a rule that i didn't know and he's like sorry run (laughs) and so then from that point on he's like actively trying to say like the aos terms and make like a thing of it so i know what he's doing so it's funny but no, it was, a, it was a good game, and um, yeah, it was good fun, and yeah, good good start for the OBR. Sweet. So round two, um, I got dr- drawn up against um, Tyson Gleason and his Fire Slayers. So he's one of the measured gaming guys. So um, the battle plan was Scorched Earth. <clears throat> so a burning scenario. Um, yeah, he ended up pulling out the win at the end there. Uh, the score, final score was 20 to 17. Um, and it was really like with the burning and all that sort of stuff, like it really could have been anyone's game there. Cause I think with that game, it's, um, you know, it's the D three points when you, when you, um, when you burn, um, you would so have I've had got... an advantage though with your list because your heroes can move better. Yeah. You get yeah, plus one with I, the hero. yeah. 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 I had all my heroes, like, I had all my ducks lined up, but I just rolled, um, I rolled ones for my points. Oh, so it was, it was just one of those things, you know. I'm not blaming, um, well, I'm, I guess I am blaming the dice for the <laughs> <laughs> No, but Tyson played like an absolute, you know, stalwart champion. Like those di- those um, those fire slayers you have just move so fast. Like he takes a different um, Vostar, lodge. Yeah. yeah. Takes a different lodge to the, to the standard um, outlay. So it was really cool actually to see these dwarves going so, but so bananas just literally sprinting across the board and just you know, doing some assaults, you know, sort of thing. But, um, yeah, also I made, I just, you know, I was my, I, I lost it as well. Cause I, <laughs> I had this, had this moment where, I, and I think, you know, Matt's already sh- um, shamed me um, <laughs> on the AS, AOS coach, you know, down under Sigma. 
but um yeah I, I had like fully buffed up um Mimor Banshee's ready to go in and just murder this um his uh rune father on magma drop or whatever and uh yeah i got a double and so i just forgot to move them up um <laughs> got all my buffs off forgot i could move them because i brought them up out of the underworlds in the in the previous and sort of thing and just so you just sort of in the moments you just move on quickly sometimes and you forget forget things yeah you get um, so excited about what's happening in the yeah so I even like with the, like they weren't they were nine inches away but like i i rolled you know I, I failed two two um two rolls on that occasion as well. I'll <laughs> just pop the CP to try and get him in and just yeah. So anyway, lesson learned there. But um no, not not so to take had... away from Tyson's um skill or gamemanship or, or sportsmanship. We had we had some funny moments. It was good. He's he's a fun guy to play with. And um that was actually the first time I'd played Fireslays in a competitive um environment, actually. So I've managed to dodge that bullet um for quite some time now. So yeah, uh, it's quite eye-opening to see how they how they operate. Um, yeah, I think that's quite of... different. I think that's quite different to how they would traditionally operate, to be honest. But yeah, yeah, and I guess that would be a refreshing thing to um, to see um, if you've played mm-hmm. them before. Or I'm I'm not sure. But um, thanks for the game, Tyson. If you're listening, um, had a good time. It was still a very close game. Um, you know, had I rolled a a, a few D threes threes then it might it would have been it would have been different but also if i didn't fuck up in the with my, my banshees so <laughs> I, have to, I have to own i have to own my um own my shit so yeah. um that was my that was my round two um mike did you oh this you got paired up with was it matt for your round yeah two? and so he just he, he just took the pity win and moved on he didn't yeah. play the game no he was <laughs> he was keen to watch other games i sort of said look we'll play it out i want you to have a game but just so you know, no matter what happens, you get the win anyway. And he's like, oh, if I'm getting the win, I'll go and watch other games. You can tear out. I'm like, okay, cool. As long as he's happy with that and is yeah. what it is. And I'm like, yeah, cool. So I was off TOing, which was probably handy because a couple of rules questions came up. And Yeah, that's the thing. when you If you're TOing and trying to buy Buster, you're, just, you're constantly getting interrupted in your game anyway. So yeah. And there's things you have to attend to which um, kind of disrupts the game with your, the person anyway. Yeah. So, But it, um, I, I guess that's how Matt found out you forgot to move your banshees or charge with your banshees. And, yeah, he was watching uh, me. Yeah. And um, he, he had this look in his eye. I knew I'd fuck something, but he he, he just He just didn't want you to have best night. That's all he was worried about. <laughs> well, he was, he was never in danger of um, not being best night horner. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. What about your third game, Chris? Oh, James. Oh, se- yeah. Second game. Second game. Sorry. Ah, oh, James. You had your ducks in a row, and then you forgot to move them. Yes. 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 <laughs> Stationary ducks. Um. Yeah. No. My second game, I literally lost the game on deployment. Um. So it was a good lesson for me to learn, actually, because I, I kind of thought before, like, I don't really believe in like you lose games on deployment, but actually, more and more, I've been kind of coming around to actually you 100% can lose games on deployment now and um this kind of really showed me I just didn't stop and actually think about what the other flow on effects would be in terms of like going first so all I was doing so I I played Matt Kent and he and this is Scorched Earth and he had six stone horns um which is horrific like it's it's a a list my army is always going to struggle with anyway because crawlers can't can't reliably even kill a stone horn a turn 
and as soon and the stonehorns can cross the table and get into you and just they can also just destroy 20 more tech and i just don't really have the hitting power to kind of go through them i mean i do if i control the terms but it's hard to control the terms against six of them um but basically i just didn't really think all i was thinking is oh, okay well he's really fast he's putting them all on the line so i just kind of was like oh well if i'm 26 inches away from you you're not going to be able to even declare charges so you're not going to be able to get me so i just was like cool i'll just sit back and then you won't be able to do anything because i'm like he, he he wants to run across the table at me but i just didn't stop and think all you're doing is like he doesn't want to go first because you need to have a turn to sit on your own objectives to counter scoring them before he can leave them so with four spaced out ideally he needs to keep four out of his six stone horns back and so he he really never ever wants to go first and so by me sitting back and meaning he couldn't charge it meant i was gonna never get anywhere near his objectives either and so he was able to like he always wanted to give away the turn anyway and all i did was make his decision even easier and he just goes well yeah you go first and then i'm like okay yeah i can't really do anything like I, I can take a couple of pot shots with my catapults and try and do some wounds, which I did. I put like eight wounds onto one of the stone horns and maybe three onto another, but it, it doesn't really slow them down enough. And then all he did with his first turn as well, because I'd sat back to keep out of 26 and all of his models count as 10, he could run all, all of, he literally ran all six stone horns straight forwards, but he was able with a combination of runs or using CPs to get all of them within six of my objectives and because they count as 10 models he outnumbered me as well so literally his turn one he scored all eight objectives as well and then he was basically next to my army and then he just won priority and it was game over and i was like it was always going to be hard if he won that turn two priority but at the same time i completely just the game would have been absolutely different if i'd deployed on the line my army in Staliarch is if he deployed on the line and I deployed on the line, you're only 18 apart and Mortec Guard can actually fairly reliably make 18 inch charges. So I could have actually flipped it on its head and gone on the line super aggressively. And if he decided, okay, I'm going to charge forward because I don't want you to charge on your terms, he could have, but he like real talking about it afterwards, like he was never ever going to do that and take first because he wouldn't score any of his objectives. Whereas I had the bodies to sit back, I could have just left a hero on all four of mine. And then I could have buffed up a unit because a buffed up unit of 20 more tech. If I'd been able to put them all down, get um, like get the extra buffs for the attacks and stuff like that. Then I could probably drop a Frost Lord on Stonehorn in one round of combat. So turn one, I could have got in and actually killed one and been on his objectives. And like it, it just would have been a completely different game. So um, that was completely my fault. I deployed horrifically um and it made me learn a lot but i kind of needed to see it to to th i just don't stop and think uh, deployments the part of the game i'm awful at it's it's the one thing that i'm still really really bad at and i know i need to improve and i just don't ever kind of stop to think like to fully think through deployment and and what the other consequences are like I, I just was thinking threat ranges and you can't charge me if i deploy here but i just wasn't thinking about the like well then okay you just give away first turn like you want to do anyway and there's no threat on you so um it was a good lesson to learn anyway and um but yeah it was a pretty pretty non 
game it was always going to be hard for me so i don't know if i would have won anyway but um yeah i, I played horrifically and matt got an easy win so <laughs> that was my game too nice uh so yeah my round three was um against a chap named robert kern so he's from the lords of ruin um gaming club um boys from sydney and uh, so he brought uh skaven so he had heaps of rats on the table um he had the screaming bell um yeah so it was a i think it was just another one of the uh, the game was a little bit of a casualty of the fact that we haven't been gaming for a while and um you know i'm not like uh rob uh played as 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 quick as he could um but we only actually got through about we only got through two turns um so i did feel a little bit gypped a little bit ripped off and get to finish the game but we just we just didn't have enough time to finish it and there was that many rats to move around and like you know deployment like and as was um mentioned um um elsewhere that yeah like after sort of set up and everything like the games are really sort of only about two hours in the end so it was um it was a bit shorter the, um, the reason for that is is that we were, we were we were in a shop so yes we were yeah, playing yeah, to a would... deadline to get out of the shop before yeah. they yeah. oh yeah absolutely it's, it's completely out of um like it's no one's fault it's just the way it's just the way it is but um yeah it was just a bit it was a bit of it was a bit of a tough pill to swallow for me uh to, you know to not be able to finish the game because i still could have i believe i could have um uh swung it back in my favor and or at least made a, a closer game or had a, a more well-rounded game um but that's just what happens in a tournament sometimes. Sometimes you don't finish the game. Um, Robert, was he wasn't trying to slow play or anything like that. It was just one of those things. Um, but he did manage to pop out a – I think he rolled one of his spells or one of – something he, he activated an ability where he was able just to bring up like a um, – like a one of those um, like rat demons. Or was it the um, – Oh, he rolled a 12 on his um, Screaming Bell. Yeah, yeah, he rolled like the the, the good one, and um, he he was like jumping around, and he was like, "Oh, which one shall I get out?" And he had like he had them all there. <laughs> so he brought. I think it was the um oh, the corruptor, or what are they called? There's the corruptor. Uh, there's a couple of others, but he brought one up, and so that was fun. I was, and he he had them all magnetized. So he's like, "Oh, which weapons should I should I uh, put on there?" The deceiver, I think. Or yeah, I can't remember which one. So sorry, Rob, but um. Yeah, no, we had a lot of fun. He's a very, he's a very likable, funny, funny guy to play with. So, I mean, in spite of that, it's just just the time and the size of, of the armies and stuff like that. But um, so he won that game uh, ten to seven um, at the bottom of the second. We had to call it there. Uh, so it was my game two. Oh, sorry, round three. Sorry, um, uh, Mike. Did you want to talk about your third game or? Yeah, I played Mitch. Um, he bought a bit of an old school. Uh, corn army. Uh, he had the old metal bloodthirster uh, little guy, but had him on the big base, obviously. So he's <laughs> a bit of a retro army. Um, Mitch is uh, a camper local. It's my first time meeting him. He's, um, I think, he's quite keen to get amongst it uh, moving forward. He, um, George spoke to him about bringing hex gorgeous skulls, but. Uh, he wanted to run the the icon, but yeah, um, he uh, we had a good game. Um, I he won. 
like everybody else did against me. And um, spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah. Uh, is yeah, he was just a really nice, nice dude to meet, and hopefully we get to see a bit more of him around Canberra. Hopefully, yeah. uh, I think it was, I think it was focal points too, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, around yeah. three focal points. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Chris, uh, yeah, I played Jeff Campbell with Seraphon, um, and he had Ooh, quite a, right. um, quite an interesting like different list. Um, so like he, he didn't have croak; he just had a normal slan. Um, it was um a coatl's claw as well um rather than like the fangs of sotek he had a big he did have a big block of skinks um but he didn't have like the star priest for the poison which is very interesting um he had like six pterodons and a chief he had two scarvets on carnosaur um one of them had the eviscerating blade um and was the general so he's really good actually for like CP spamming of different command abilities, and he's got access to some pretty good ones because basically every time he spends a CP to issue a command ability on a four up, you roll a dice and on a four up, you get the CP back. Um, so it's kind of like a, an even better Eighth of Quartz um, approach. And so Coatl's Claw, they always get plus one to hit when they charge, but then you can spend a CP to activate, like in any combat phase, you can spend a CP to basically give them plus one to hit as if they'd charge as well. Um, so if he's doing that with him and then he rolls four ups, he can basically just pick another unit and do it and he's not using any CP. Um, so yeah, we're playing focal points. So he had the two behemoths from the Carnosaurs. I had the two crawlers and Arcan um, in terms of behemoths. Um, he also had like two single salamanders and like two fives of Saurus knights. I think he had a 30 of Saurus warriors. So quite a different list. He also had Geminids, and it wasn't bound Geminids, um, which was really like, what? I think he was exactly 2k on the nose, but it was like, oh, okay. And he cast them f t first turn against me, and then it came to priority, and I was like, oh, you get to move your Geminids. And he's like, no, because he won priority. And I was like, oh, I get to move your Geminids. Okay, this is this is novel versus Seraphon. Mm. Um, but yeah, essentially... Um, it was a really good game. It was kind of back and forth. Like he had a very good turn one. Um, his slam did like a stellar tempest onto one of my units of twenty more tech, and it should be mortal wins on fives. But he actually basically he killed ten, so it was essentially mortal wins on fours um, from twenty. And then he killed three more with his geminids, so he killed thirteen out of twenty just with like geminids and a spell. Um, so I was like, ah, oh, that's going to take me a long time to try and regen. Um, which meant they basically died quite early on to pterodons dropping rocks and stuff. Um, but yeah, he went up early on points, um, but then I was pushing back quite well. I had a very, very good turn three, and I'd basically killed... All he had left at that point was one Carnosaur, about 15 of the... 15 or 20 of the skinks and like the slan and the five guard and i'd killed everything else and i still had my crawlers and all four of my heroes um so yeah but we also ran out of time unfortunately um and i think michael you were there at the end and we were kind of trying to work out like what yeah. how should it how should it be and i i was looking at the table going to be honest especially focal points you can score so many points um in a couple of turns if you control most of the objectives especially if you've got behemoths which i had like both my crawlers are alive next to damned they're always getting re-rolls and getting me the extra points and then arcan is really fast and fighty enough to kill anything that he had 
so i was pretty confident in like turn four and turn five that i'd be scoring like nine and ten but um and he wasn't going to be he'd be scoring maybe two two or three and um but yeah he he, we kind of talked about it and i was probably 95 percent sure i'd win from that point but he was like oh i'm not sure because the carnosaur could could do stuff here and i could run these skinks and i sort of said like the store's still open like do you want to just try and quickly play like the stuff that matters for round four and he's like oh i've got to go and i just thought you know what i've already lost a game like i'm i i don't want to spoil what's been a good game by kind of trying to push the point um and like asking for a to to like make a ruling and stuff like that and so i just went you know what that's fine you gotta go we knew the constraints were in we've played three rounds you're ahead then then you win so um we just called it there it was a little disappointing to yeah similar as you james to kind of get the loss where i felt if we'd played five rounds i probably would have won but um it was a really good game jeff was a nice guy and it was cool to play a different a different list and um and yeah it was a good it was a good tactical game and Seraphon are just so good. Like, honestly, <laughs> you, you look at the list and the, the whole way through the list, I was like, this is suboptimal, this is suboptimal, this is suboptimal, this is suboptimal. But it all still just works. Like, I don't really think you can actually write a bad Seraphon list. It, 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 it's just such a good book. Wow. You, you yeah. can act, you literally can actively comp yourself and y- you still can play the game. Like, e- like f- Fangs is definitely better but coattles is also still amazing because you just get um well not even coattles sorry coalesced because you're always just minus one damage and they've got other good benefits like yeah thunder lizard's really good coattles claw is really good like honestly that book is so good you can't you can't write a bad list you can't i always wanted to do um (laughs) james is like i found my army (laughs) (laughs) i've always wanted a good crutch army you know like just borrow mine borrow the skill <laughs> skill skinks i've retired mine it's too easy sorry but it is <laughs> if you want to use mine you, you can feel free to it uh just need a feel good army all right <laughs> so um so that was that wrapped up round three that was day one done um we just went out for a quiet dinner to the polish club Polish, um, we did we, that's a bullish club had some lovely uh European grub was good. Oh, where um, did we eat as well? We ate in a private boardroom, didn't we? Yeah, that's right. We've got there the um the book the lady of the booking um I think they'd messed up the booking somehow and uh hadn't didn't have a table for us, so they actually opened up this um private upstairs boardroom for the the Polish club, and they had all these. <laughs> it was uh it was a cultural experience. I'll let me tell you that. But um, no, it was quite cool. It was uh very comfortable. Um, drinking the nice um polished beers they're sensational loved it um mike came up and had a beer with us and um before he trotted off you, and you might say he with... he polished one off <laughs> oh, <Jesus>. <laughs> get out <laughs> all right you're oh. fired <laughs> come um, on at, at least a few listeners just like spat their oh, yeah. and laughed come no, on very, the dads out there have got me they've got my back <laughs> <laughs> And the wannabe dads. Um, yeah, so, yeah, Mike, where did you end up going after after you had a beer with us? Did you meet up with um, the guys at the... At yeah, the I raced off to the old Camber Inn for a, a bit of dinner and a, a beer there as well. Um, yeah. But I was just shattered. It was a big day. Yeah. Um, was it a big night before as well? I was going to say, yeah, I think it was it, a big Yeah, night. it was. 
<laughs> I, was trying to, was. I was trying to get you to admit to that a bit earlier. In, yeah, yeah in the I know. I'm, I'm, there's no shame here, mate. There's, there's, a, there's, a reason, there's a reason Michael rocked up a bit late on the, uh, the Saturday. No, morning. I was supposed to be there at 9.30. With, I got with there no, at 9:30 with nothing, like, no tables were set up, nothing. Like, no one knew oh, what was going on. Don't start. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's gold, man. But that's, that's like part of the weekend right like you yeah catch up with friends that you hadn't seen like i hadn't seen those guys since cancon yeah i hadn't seen these guys since cancon like it's it's yeah. the main it's the main part of the week yeah like, it's the reason um, we, we do this hobby because yeah we like pushing toys around but ultimately it's like it's the friends up. we make along the way <laughs> well it, it it definitely is like they're, they're, we're just like-minded people when it comes to the hobby um yeah. Yeah, we've got to. It's not easy being the TO as well because you got to kind of you want to hang out with everyone as well. It's hard. To, yeah, you got you got to spread spread yourself thin a bit. But yeah, um, yeah I'm glad you got got over there and had a. Had but a you know, I got to meet some of the the Canberra guys properly. They were there at the pub as well. They were there on Sunday. I went and had beers with them on Sunday as well. Like, um, it really felt like not only did I bring the community that I know, but the community that I've moved to closer together. Um, yeah. I know yeah, yeah, four guys that we had beers with were all going to the Bendigo event. Um, they're, they're keen to do bat reps. Like it's, yeah, it was just yeah, an awesome weekend altogether. Um, I know Pete uh, Atkinson, who does the Plastic Crack blog, um, love the fact that he got to meet you, James, and sit and talk to you. Like, um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, he, he come across and said, oh, never met James before and, you know, there's this little Sydney Victorian thing where, you know, and then the measured guys always ran event the same time these guys run, uh, run slaughter as well. So I don't know if what's happened there, but I don't know. There's a bit of stigma. They don't know each other. They, But, yeah, Pete Pete was wrapped that he got to meet you and speak to you. Um, like the whole weekend felt like that. Um, I know some of the measured boys got to speak to Anthony and, and, you know, I think everyone walked besides the time thing. Cause you, you guys aren't the only ones to say there wasn't enough game time, but the fact that people got to meet to each other, talk to each other. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was good. Yeah. It was great meeting Pete. I, I love his blog. I've been um, reading some, some of his articles for, you know, for a while now. I haven't read everything. I'll get there. But um, is <laughs> uh, um, I just I just love these um, his writing style. He's just very cut, you know, cuts to the chase. It's got a bit of humor, a bit of tongue in cheek. Yeah, throws a bit of shade. Just tells it like it is. Like it's really cool. That's good. Yeah, I um actually picked him up from the airport, and um, he couldn't uh, check into his hotel, so we went to the Australian Museum or the Museum of Canberra and had a look around there and. Um, saw some pretty cool historic stuff, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, do you want to go for a beer? It's lunchtime. I'm like, okay, rightio, and then we're <laughs> off to the pub having buffet lunch, and, yeah, um, it was good. Yeah, it's one thing um, I'm annoyed I didn't actually get a chance. I didn't. Um, I don't think I even spoke to Pia. Um, I, I feel like I, that was the one thing I didn't really have much time just kind of talking to anybody apart from my opponents. Um, yeah. But um, 
like other than the dinner, but obviously, yeah, James, we just went for like a quiet dinner, kind of me, you and Sam and Brant and Michael. Yeah, Brant met up with as well. Um, yep. Which was nice because I was, I was tired. Like it was nice to kind of just have a quiet a dinner. I wasn't I wasn't up for a big night out or anything because we obviously well, had to go go back yeah. to your place as well. So um, we couldn't, yeah. like I was cognizant, obviously you're driving and I didn't want to be like, yeah, let's go for a piss up. But um, yeah, for those who um, don't know, yeah, I've, I'm annoyed I've, moved to, I've moved to Goulburn recently, so it's about an hour drive. So we just sort of be sensible. <laughs> yeah um but yeah I'm, I'm annoyed i didn't get a, a bit of a chat with um with pete um so hopefully next event if we we're both there then i'll um i'll be able to actually kind of meet and chat to him properly um because yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've read a few of his articles on his blog and yeah he does he does write very well and they're always um they're always insightful and like you say he's got a good writing style as well so um yeah, yeah. definitely keen to definitely keen to have a chat with him yeah so um so day two, uh, we 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 were running a little bit late, so uh, we we rocked up about five minutes, maybe ten minutes into the game. Um, circumstances surrounding that out of our control, um, but yeah. So I rocked up. Uh, it was Benjamin Smith. So he he had a whole bunch of um, stone horns. Um, he had some Mornfang. Um, so he was one of the the beast lists, you know, the the Ogre Moor tribe list and. This scenario was not my favourite scenario. <laughs> um, total commitment, so that really hurts me being uh, a Night Haunt player. But so we're on the way there. We're just figuring out what do I do um, against this list, and I think I just I did what I could, which was I thought would be just a don't play into the whole deploy back as far as you can and just give him free reign of the board. Try and like deploy as as far forward as you can and just go up and just. About try it, and try to do, yeah. Yeah. just try and we, just try and keep him back talk, for as long as possible. Talk, talk in the yeah. car, hadn't we? And you said, "Oh, I'm thinking I'll go back, and then I can like he won't be able to charge me." And then I, from my second game, was like, "No, that's what I thought, James. Don't do that." Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> yeah. then he just, gives, he just gives you first turn, and you don't do anything, and then yeah, it comes down to a priority, and then yeah, that's not what you want to be. And so I was able yeah. to at least try and pass off some something I'd learned from playing like an idiot to try and stop James doing the same thing. <laughs> well, it worked for a few turns. Um, I, I did stop him from having free reign for about three turns. But, um, yeah, by that stage, he'd wiped out um, the majority of my army and he tabled me the bottom of um, fifth, I think, um, on by his fifth turn. But I, yeah. I was still right to the end just trying to eke out another point and try and deny him going playing for a double just balls it out, played for a double between four and five to try and um, just eke out a bit of an existence on the table before he, before his um, Stonehold destroyed me. Um, I did use my Dreadblade um, to teleport Hex Rays up the front and I got a uh, turn one sort of charge on him and sort of tied him up in, in one corner for a bit. Um, but it just, like, wasn't enough. I didn't have enough um, staying power to really holding back from scoring um, for long enough. He just rode rough shot all over me in the end. So them's the breaks. It's um, not a good matchup, not a good scenario <laughs> for me. So um, so he ended up pulling out the win. Well done, Ben. Thanks for um, being gracious uh, with me being uh, a bit late there. And in the end, you smashed me. So it was like 27 to 9 in the end. So, yeah, Ben's another – he's another camper local as well. How about yours, Mike? Round four? Uh, I've got Duncan. Um, sort of had to shuffle 
matchups talking, around because Duncan Cross. Cross, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, I was everyone was there except for him. Um, I was a bit worried that he wasn't turning up, so I sort of shuffled stuff around. And um, as as the opponent I was supposed to play shifted and set up, he turned up, and I'm like, oh, great. But um, I just left it as I shuffled it, and um, I played Duncan with his KO. Um, I was sort of in a similar position as you, where um, sort of slowly, instead of deploying, uh, I deployed on the line, but instead of moving forward, I slowly inched my way forward, looking for the um, the moment to to play for that double, and um, I went for uh, one of the objectives. But as I went for it, it sort of allowed him to pile more people in and um, sort of didn't get it. And then with the ironclad that can move around and stuff, he just took off something of mine and got a double into turn three or into turn four after my double and got the objectives. But, yeah, yeah. it is what it is. Um, yeah. yeah. It was a good game. And his army's well-painted as well. Yeah. I, I really army. liked it. Yeah. And, he actually, um, he got, he got he's one mind. of your mates, isn't he, Duncan? Yeah, yeah. He's um, a yeah, yeah. Good, good friend of mine. We we played heaps of games together over the last 12 months or so um you can't you can't have a bad game with that with him no either, no <laughs> just too no. too nice yeah he's a funny guy he's, yeah he's just um really uh got a great table manner real positive just yeah great sense of humor um yeah yeah he's he's a champ we um yeah we played the storm vault campaign we've done a couple of bat battle reports as well for the that, that campaign last year um yeah one of my favorite opponents one of my favorite yeah. people so yeah glad you had to have a, had a chance to have a game with him so <laughs> yeah did you see the cat on the um on the ironclad did you have the ironclad yeah he had no ironclad i didn't see yeah, yeah he's got a ship's cat prowling around on there <laughs> <laughs> insane yeah. is it a mechanical cat no no it's 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 a real cat well, I hope it's well, not a real cat because that that's <laughs> that's a precarious situation. Cats destroy destroy models at the best of times, especially if you put them on them. It's in the clown car. It's it's in there somewhere. Yeah. So what's what about your turn? Your round four, Chris. So I played um, Alex McKenzie, <clears throat> who lovely guy. I think he was a relatively new player. He sort of said at the start he's been. He's not been playing too long, but like he's he's keen to do more tournaments and get into yeah. like the competitive side of it because he really enjoys it. Um, and yeah. he had a he had a Zinch list that was, I guess, kind of similar to Michael's, but no Archeon. Um, mm. so it was like the the acolytes in the Witchfire Coven. So that yeah, again, they shoot in the hero phase and um and stuff like that. And then he can um, but he also had some like one unit of pink horrors, and then he had a unit of six enlightened on disc with the Zangle shaman and then he had the the blue scribes um and a fate master i think um on a uh, on a disc um and um yeah i kind of this is something where i finally did i think redeem myself somewhat for my piss poor deployment in game two with actually reading the board and seeing what my opponent was probably going to do um like based on destiny dice and stuff like that um and put out a threat um because i put my catapults in a position where his enlightened if they move forward 
um, and then used like a double six destiny dice to charge would be able to get into them. So I put, but his enlightened were on the line and they're quite squishy um, if you can hit them. Um, so I put my Mortec, um, like one of my units of Mortec guard on the line as well, opposite them to basically be like, well, I'm going to force you to have to take first turn because if you don't, my Mortec can run and charge you and they'll kill you. Um, but I also knew, so then I knew he would take first turn. So what I did was I had my Mortec in a line at the front, but then I also strung them out in really weird, like obviously keeping coherent, but I basically just strung them out in a weird kind of blob to blob off all the space between my front line and then the catapults. And I also put my like five death riders on the front line as well. And then my liege Kavalos behind and the soul mason. So it was all kind of there. So if he came into the fight, I'd get my soul mason buffs. The liege Kavalos would be there to do the extra attacks, but their bases were also helping just fill out the space. So then turn one, he, he took turn one as I thought he would. Um, and he did the 12 and then he, he moved the full, um, full forward. And then he went, cool. I'm going to use a 12 on my destiny dice because I can, this enlightened can get here, like into the crawler and like point, pointed to where it could go. And I was like, yeah, can you just measure the one on the other end of the line though? And I was like, so look, the back of his base can't fit anywhere in this kind of clump. So with coherency, you're not going to be able to put the model you want into my catapult and be coherent there. So, and he was like, ah, oh. I was like, so this is what, like, and I kind of walked him through exactly why I'd done it to be like, look, I knew you were going to try and do this. Um, so that's why I've done this weird kind of blob. So you can still make the 12 inch and you'll, I kind of had to sacrifice that he'd be able to charge on the end and get model, more models onto my objective, like off to the side than I had on there. But it made him take first and bring the enlightened to me. Um, and I, I, I didn't think enlightened would kill 20 more tech. Um, like six of them anyway. So, um, yeah, he kind of brought them all into me and I managed to kill, I think, four, three or four of them back just with the few more tech I actually had in because um, he killed a decent amount. I think he killed maybe 12 or 13 of them. Um, but then I was able to just hit back and, like I said, kill about three or four. And he wasn't able to get into my catapults to tie them up. Um, and his angle shaman had come in as well into combat to... Um, give them the extra like plus one to hit on their attacks but i had selected the grudge secondary so i'd selected arcan to kill that zangle shaman so i didn't i actively didn't want to kill it so i um was removing casualties from the mortec that were next to it so that i didn't have a i only had like one or two so i knew i wouldn't kill it um and then yeah basically i had my turn flew arcan over from the middle um, to get him three away from the Zangle Shaman ready to charge. Um, basically, Arkham went, charged the Zangle Shaman, killed him. The Mortec, um, no, the Liege the sent Xantos to go and kill the like two remaining um, Enlightened. And Arkham was in a position where him charging the Shaman was also charging into the Enlightened, so he was going to be able to split attacks if he needed to, um, to kill both. Um, and then the Catapults just started shooting his Pink Horrors, um, no, what did they shoot? I can't think what. Yeah, I think I was maybe shooting pinks or something um, to try and chip them down um, into blues and brims. And then, um, yeah, I kind of was just shooting with my catapults and then charging with Mortec on the other side into his objective. Um, 
and then was free. Basically, I dealt with his enlightened and his sky fires that were going to be pressuring my side and then retreated and started running the Mortec off towards his back objective where his acolytes and stuff were while I started shooting them with my catapults. Um, he did like a retreat move turn two, which I saw him measure out from his Fate Master with um, summoning points if he ran the Fate Master, so moved him like 22 and then would be able to summon Holy within 12 onto my other back objective because I'd moved off it with Arcan and the Bone Shaper and everything in order to be able to heal up my Mortec. And so then he he measured it out and I could see what he was doing and he was going to take the objective. And then he he did the run roll and then was like, it was a two or something. And he had three CP at this point as well. And then he kind of, he went to move on. And I just, I just said, do you want to just stop a minute? Because look, if you don't, if you leave that guy where he is, I'm just going to measure you. You're more than 18 from this objective right now, which means if you summon within 12, you're not going to summon within six and you're not going to take that objective but you only need to move like two more inches to be able to do it. So I was like, you need to spend a CP to make that run roll of six. Um, and he was just like, oh, yeah, thanks. And he's like, because, yeah, in my head, I know I, I measured the 22 and I just wasn't thinking about it. Um, and I was like, no, that's absolutely fine. Like you said to me at the start, you're a relatively new player, which I appreciate because it means I can kind of control how I play there's no point me just being like nah you messed up your fault I'm just going to smash you like you you thought of a good play you were going to do it you can completely do it so there'd be no point in me just being like nah sorry you've just run yourself into no man's land for no reason blah 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 um it, it's fully within your power to do it and he was just like oh thanks man that's that's like really like good so I was like yeah no it's um it's cool so yeah he spent CP and we kind of just had a bit of a chat about it but then I was able to Next turn, just go in with Arcan and kill those blues um, and brims that they turned into, and yeah, just kept shooting acolytes with the catapults. And got by that point, I think I got my Mortec and the horses into his back blob on his objective and had enough models on there to take it off him. And then I got the next priority, and by then, I, he basically just had a couple of his acolytes units and the blue scribes hero at the back and another hero. And I just was shooting all the acolytes off again um, and killing them all with the Mortec. Um, and they were all running to Battleshock. So um, we ended that at round three. But yeah, I think he literally had the two heroes and nine, maybe nine acolytes left at that point. And I, I had basically my whole army. So um, yeah, I got the convincing the convincing win on that round. And um, yeah, had a really, really good game against Alex. So um, yeah, no, that was good. It was enjoyable. Nice. Yeah, shout out, shout out to Alex. Um, basically, interact a bit on. I've been interacting a little bit on Instagram um, this year, and it was. Um, this is one of those moments where it's someone you you haven't actually. Well, I think we met briefly once before that, but um, yeah, just to kind of put the face of the name and have an actual face to face chat with someone who you've been chatting with online. Um, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, he only knows you as Duke <clears throat> as well. Like I keep going. Yeah. I, I, I've been yeah. talking to James, or I went up to Goldman and gave James a game. Right, right. He's like, who's James? I'm like, oh, from Mortally Wounded. He's like, oh, I only know Duke and Chris. I'm like, oh, Duke's James. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I forget about that, eh? <laughs> Must be a bit weird. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Cool. So uh, round five, <clears throat> burning into round five, where I played, um, I drew up uh, Hugh Crail in the end. So one of the... Um, Beast of Belko, um, the man himself, a legend. Uh, he went on to win the um, 
uh, best sports for the weekend. So he was best opponent mm-hmm. across his five games. Um, and so there's no no surprise there because he's um, he's an absolute gent to play with. Um, he brought his um, beastmen um, list, so he had just tons of beasts um, charging across the board at you at 100 miles an hour and then just getting killed and running away back the other direction. <laughs> but, um, no, this is a lot of fun to play. Um and we uh, we played through three turns, and we ended up having a, a draw in the end there. So we um we called it at the end of the third. We had like two, a couple of minutes left after that, um, but it was a lot of a lot of cheer moments, a lot of fun with um just just you know when you have those classic um just good vibe, good feel games where the, you know some rules go your way, some rules don't, but you find you're cheering for their roles, they're cheering for your roles. Yeah. Like you're just you're just in it together, having fun, and that's, um, that's, and that's you to a T. Yeah, yeah. So that's um, they're the kind of games that you that you want to play, especially um, in a tournament. They're they're my favourite kinds kinds of games. And um, Hugh Hugh did that, and uh, it turns out his wife and my wife know each other through um, sort of uh, work sort of contacts and through the art scene and that sort of stuff. So it was kind of cool to join the dots there and. Um, I think um, Hugh, if you're listening, mate. Um, yeah, we did um, touch on getting up, getting up to the battle shed up here in Goulburn for a game soon. So um, I should I have to get in touch with him, mate. And hopefully, let's try and tee up a game over um, another game over the uh, holiday period. But um, yeah, that was it. That's that was the perfect way to end the tournament for me. Just a um, you know a good good game, um, fun game against Hugh and his beastmen uh, with a draw. So what better way to to finish a tournament so um in the end i got a um i got one pity win um three <laughs> <laughs> three three defeats um and one draw so i finished up overall 31st um out of 36 so that's good good showing for the, um, the first tournament after uh, yeah, a bit of a bit of a break <laughs> with the almighty you, night haunt <laughs> you, you come you come equal first in coolest army with anthony as well yeah, yeah. So that's I tend to, you know, if if the, if we don't have a Travis or a Brant or a James Lynch um, around, <laughs> I tend to sort of like go to the top of the pile. <laughs> I've noticed, <laughs> but um, no, but um, I really was super stoked with that. I knew it was, um, you know, a few people said, "Oh, I voted for you" and stuff like that. So I was really, really thanks thankful for that. So thanks for those people who did vote for the army. Um, I love my night haunt. I've put a lot of care and effort into that army. I've been doing it for a while now. And um, it's just great to get that little ego boost every now and then <laughs> with a coolest army just makes it, makes it, um, makes it worthwhile. Um, and also, yeah, kudos to um, Anthony with his um, awesome display board. He had a smoke machine coming up out of a broken building. Um, it was kind of like presented the way he presented it was like on this, the seashore, and it's kind of this Viking village, and it was really that real vibe with these um, giants. Like they were, he painted them like blue skin and stuff like that. It looked like big frost giants just ransacking this Viking village along the coast. And it was yeah, it was yeah. super cool. So yeah, well deserved and great to be um, great to be in in that company. And here we are. So that was a successful weekend overall. <laughs> I've got um, Craig Craig Anderson. Um, Another Arcanoff. Yeah. He had the Varangard, the Sixth Circle, and um, 
So did, did he have Arcane? Was India had Arcane's like sort of redheaded stepbrother, Archie? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think I had the fake Arcane. Like um, all weekend, I didn't roll a double six for my Destiny dice. Um, I was like, just this one time, it'd be cool to take Arcane off with <laughs> Slayer Kings, and it was like, oh, let's go. So I charged in. Oh, I think yes. I got a, I think I got fourteen wounds onto him. Uh, oh. he, he retreated, and all of a sudden, all these Varengard just bang, <laughs> and uh, I lost, I lost mine, and I was like, oh, uh oh, um, and then yeah, all of a sudden, Karakakalites disappeared, and it was game over. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, yeah. those Varengard hit like a fucking freight train, don't they? That's and so that, that six circle, they get an extra damage on the charge or something. Like it's, Oof. yeah, so good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah nice. Um, and my, because, yeah, uh, the uh, final game was um, Blade's Edge, wasn't it? So, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Was it? Was it? <laughs> I, I played Blade's Edge. What did you play? <laughs> Oh, oh boy. yeah. So uh, this, I know this already been the, the last ep- the last game was forcing the hand. That was the last scenario, and there's I know it's been it's been um talked about on Dan and Sigma, but um <laughs> it was a bit of funny. It was quite funny your you and Anthony's interaction over the weekend because you know we we did the um the pairings match up, and you know you were just you kind of threw it out there. You were just like oh, with the first round you're like no nah, Anthony's not going to win this one. Not no good done. And it's because <laughs> it was because it was because it was a pairings matchup, and he was against the city shooting list, which yeah. shot him off. Like I said, <laughs> so there was um, like you know throwing shade from the get go, and then like well, you, didn't he like sort of confront you about? So, oh, you didn't talk about my list or anything. Oh, you didn't even like, talk about my list. I was like, it's not a list review show; it was a matchup show. There wasn't much to say. It was you're going to get shot off, and he's like, oh, I went till turn four, and I was like, did you get shot off? Yes. <laughs> but but then it was just it was just funny because like then you guys got paired up at the end and i'm like oh yes this is gonna be good (laughs) so yes watch this game (laughs) so then we we got we got paired up and i don't know if i've ever actually played anthony at tournament i think i might have played him once but i I honestly can't remember i've definitely played him before like a company yeah we've played him at casuals at yeah yeah Yeah, um but yeah so we so anthony's like setting up the table um because I had been rushing to try and finish my game with Alex and was just like, oh, I need to take a breather and eat some pizza. And Magro was ready. And he was like, no, nah, it's all good. I'm setting up the table. So then we were kind of doing that. And then we basically finished setting up. And then I was like, oh, hang on. You've set up um, Forcing the Hand. We're playing Blade's Edge, aren't we? And then and then Magro's like, oh, yeah, okay. Um, and so then we changed it. <laughs> And so, and, he took and, your word for it. He was like, "Give you the well, benefit I, of the doubt." I genuinely thought we were playing Blade's Edge when I'd read the pack. <laughs> and so then, and Magro had just gone, and Magro had gone, "Oh yeah." And so we, um, we then changed it and set up the table and moved all the terrain and did, and literally deployed for Blade's Edge. And then James just walks past, like as we've basically <laughs> just finished deploying, goes, "Them, what scenario are you playing, guys?" And we're like, "Blade's Edge." And he's like, "You sure about that?" And I was, we're like. Yeah, and he's like, "It's uh, forcing the hand, guys," and we're like, "Oh my god!" So we're just like, "We're just like, do you know what? We're we're playing this scenario now because we won't like, get a game. We won't get a game like, in if we change the table again." Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, so we just like, played do you guys, it. And... Do you guys even play Warhammer? Like, 
Yeah, what's going on? <laughs> but the thing is, like that, and Blade's Edge is so much better for Magro's army <laughs> as well than forcing the hand would have been because yeah, they're yeah. they're all together, and also he can go first because he outdrops me, score all six, and then if he loses priority, he just gets rid of the objectives, and he just I can't catch up even if I'm ahead. Yeah. Um, and literally that's what happened. Like if we'd played an actual game, then I'm I'm pretty confident I'd have won from how the game played out. Um, because he was pissing his pissing his pants i think after turn one i was like i basically i got the priority and then i basically had killed like all of his man crushers and i'd killed his general um so he just had like pretty much the crack in it uh the gatebreaker left um but it didn't kind of didn't matter because he with that he was able to just kill the horse i had on one side and kind of just move across and keep the objectives and the catapults just couldn't couldn't kill it quick enough um so it was really close that it was going back and forth, but I was like, I just, I don't think it's possible for me to get enough points now, regardless of how the priorities swing. Um, so I think it ended like 13, 11 or something. But I think if we played forcing the hand, I would have been able to to take that win. But it was actually a really good fun game. We had some banter. There was, there, there was a yeah. point in the, there was a point in the game where he was like, oh, uh, I'd kind of like U shape, uh, like, of Mortec around one of his man crushers and he was trying to work out if he ran it like using a CP, if he could run out of the like you stay three away from my models and get onto the objective because then he'd outnumber me again. Um and we were like looking at it and we're like, oh it's quite close and dicey. So I was getting my combat gauge out and like measuring it and going, okay, well if you move move back two and a half to here, then you can go two and a half to here and then you can get there. And and we kind of we did it and I was like, yeah. Nah, you you can get there. We put the model we put the model there. I was like, you can just you can just get within six. And then Macro basically just like touched the objective marker and just like moved it across the table like accidentally for like by like two or three inches, like towards his gargan. And I was just like, Oh, well, you're definitely in range now. And uh, just like sarcastically, and he's like, Oh, shut up. He's like, I'm not it was it wasn't intentional, I'm putting it back. But it was yeah, it was just funny. It was quite a bit of banter. And um yeah. it was a good game. It was quite fun to play the gargants. Um and yeah, they're tough. Like I didn't quite drop the uh, Kraken Eater turn one. I think I left it with five wounds left um, after shooting it with my catapults and charging it with my buffed up 20 more tech. But it was minus one to hit because of his command trait, um, which um, kind of, I think if he hadn't had that minus one, then the more tech would have done enough. But also I'd, I'd been able to put drain vitality on it. So it, was getting, it had to reroll sixes to hit and save. Which is actually really good because when it's on a four up, but it has to reroll sixes against like my catapults, I was like, I might actually be able to spike, spike this damage here because he he got two sixes on his first armor save, and I was like, oh, you got to reroll them, and then he just rolled two more sixes, and I was like, god damn it, because <laughs> <laughs> if just if just one of them had gone through, then that would have been the five damage, and it would have died turn one, um, which would have freed me up to like use the more tech to chart to move and then charge the um other stuff better, but um. No, it was a really good close game, but um, I got the major loss there. And um, so I ended up going 2-3, which is my worst performance at a tournament ever. Um, which is interesting because that's the first tournament ever that I've actually specifically written a list based on like scenarios in a pack. Um, and I think like in hindsight, I got too caught up on it basically like the inclusion of Scorched Earth. I was like, I have to have four leaders in my list because the four objectives and the, they can't get burnt if you've got a leader there and stuff like that. And I, I, I wrote a list that was completely 
new it wasn't like from my existing set of lists i have in my phone which is like for obr there's probably at least 30 lists in my phone that i would have written and this was this was one that i wrote specifically for the event um and i don't think like in hindsight i don't think i would do that again because i made the list weaker by putting that fourth hero in i don't think any of my lists normally have that many heroes and i think actually i'd have been better off just taking my normal kind of cat across an arcan list mm. yep um and just playing it differently like with because i didn't even put i didn't even spread the four heroes out across the four objectives when i played scorched earth <laughs> so it was yeah it was just pointless um but it was it was really good learnings to be like okay designing a list like specifically for a pack for one scenario or whatever doesn't necessarily work because i wanted three behemoths as well because of focal points focal point, yeah. um which is why i went double crawler plus arcan um and i don't think i could I couldn't fit Double Crawler, Arcan, and Catacross. And the problem is Catacross isn't a behemoth. He's 500 points and he wasn't going to be a behemoth. So that was kind of the reason I didn't take them. But I think the joint healing and Catacross is a beast as well. So it would have been... Um, I think it's a list I've played a lot and it's really strong. So I think I would have been better off actually just playing a normal list rather than trying to write something new for the pack. Um, but yeah, it was really good though. That being said, it was my worst... <coughs> It was my worst performance at a tournament ever but i think it's probably the most fun tournament i've had from like a games perspective in that like i enjoyed all five of my games like even the second game where it wasn't really much of a game like matt was still a nice guy to play and it was like okay i've learned stuff from this and like he he, he didn't need to rub anything in and it was still fine to play the game um but all my other games like i enjoyed the gaming experience like i didn't feel like i had to kind of there's there's been some tournaments where you kind of have to watch some of your opponents sometimes like to make sure they're not trying to gain extra movement or pull like oh you're picking up twos when you were hitting on threes and, and that kind of thing and i just i genuinely didn't have to watch anybody it was really relaxed and i don't know if that's because i was perhaps down more towards the bottom end of the tables um or not <laughs> but it was i just think everyone was kind of really happy to be playing again because we haven't really had these events and everyone went with the good spirit of just being happy to play and yeah. um yeah it was it was yeah i think it was probably my best but like all five games were consistently fun to play which was which was good that's a win well that's that's what makes a good tournament so that's yeah good. no it was a good it was a good weekend like yeah. I, i'm not i was i didn't come away from it being like disheartened like I didn't take a list that I, I took a list that I knew had strength and it had synergies and tricks, but at the same time, I don't think OBR are like broken strong, especially like taking Staliarch. Like I've not gone for the, and I didn't take Catacross for the extra save or anything like that. And I just took twenties and more tech. Like I didn't have a harvester, that kind of stuff. Like it was, it's a good list. It can do stuff, but also there's stuff in the game that can just blam off 20 more tech. No worries. Yeah. um and stuff like that so um i didn't feel like i i didn't feel like i'd got taken a list that i was like i'm gonna go and i've got expectations to win this event either yeah. so yeah a more crusher with a neg three weapon can certainly take off 20 oh, more yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah i'm trying to make a uh, crematorium list work and i just can't make it happen at the moment yeah i don't yeah i just don't think it's as good as the other options I still no. think Staliarch. I still think Staliarch's the best, but I just think you take Catacross, um, yeah. and he because he still buffs himself and he's got a two up save even in Staliarch, um, and I just think it it the Mortec being able to 
reliably like make 18 inch charges just it's so hard to defend against them once the game starts because they can go off to a side kill a unit and then when they're done they can the next turn charge something that was middle of the board really far away that your opponent's not even thought about trying to defend against those mortec and you you get arcan in the list as well with catacross and he's yeah. got the super super reliable spell casting over big range like the 24 which if you need to you can boost to 30 to put empower naderite weapons on from far away you double like healing six wounds into three or four units a turn i think it's i think it's really good and arcan in staliarch when he can run and charge and because he's got a mount retreat in charge if you need him to He's a beast. And if he fights within range of Catacross as well to get the extra attack, Arcan with plus one a hit and like getting two attacks on both his sword and staff and the extra claw attacks, he's fighty. Like he's yeah. really yeah. good. So um yeah, I think I think that's yeah, my learnings from the event or just stick with strong lists, you know, and don't try and necessarily tailor to a scenario in terms of numbers of X unit. But, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, good call. What about you, James? So, what did uh, the tournament do for you and your Nighthorn? Did it give you any uh, list writing, any changes, anything you'd do for the future? Um, oh, I just completely or you just, destroyed... or you just chucking them in the bin and jumping on Seraphon? Completely destroyed my <laughs> hobby. Completely destroyed my hobby. Um, I'm quitting the game. Um, I thought I, I thought Matt any... would have given you a few lessons on how to play Nighthorn, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. No, he's too busy. He's too busy coaching everyone else. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> um, nah, no, no, the things I took takeaways from that was um, just pay a bit more attention in some of your games um, and don't get um, carried away. It's the same old things. I always make the same old. But that that was what I, the whole I, I weekend. Yeah, that was what the whole weekend was about. Like we've had what seven to off oh, the cusp. Oh, the, seven, the seven seven months of nothing. Um, everyone. Yeah. Including myself, TOing all learnt something, I think, and it's just getting back into that grind of playing five games in two days. Or yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Um, we got a, a GHB that hadn't been played in an event either, so we had yeah, right, yeah. a couple of different rules. Um, yeah, I think the fact that um, you have a look at what's happening in Australia now, events are coming out of the wazoo um yeah it's good times ahead yeah absolutely i think um, great, on, great. I kind of, oh i was just gonna yeah you go you go cap off with um on a serious note with yeah i'm not quitting the hobby <laughs> but, um, <laughs> <laughs> um no i i i really want to get an emerald host kind of list ready in time for the event just to give it a run and see how it goes um because it's got some real uh really cool um synergies and abilities within that um, build. So kind of wanted to give that an idea. So I'll continue building towards that and um, sort of get that out there. Um, but also just sort of feeling the lack of um, punch in some cases. So I've That's actually, the White Dwarf one, isn't it? Yeah, that's the one in the White Dwarf, yeah. yes. The um, Emerald Host that has the um, Forgotten Scions Battalion and the Dolores Guard uh, Battalion. And so those two plus the Emerald Curse um, yeah. ability in the Emerald Host is really cool. So um, otherwise, like otherwise the... known as the future of Nighthorn. Yeah, yeah. So I'm built. I've I've got the other Dreadblade um, undercoated. I've got um, the Knight of Shrouds on Ethereal Steed um, undercoated. Um, I just need to just build up a few more units around that. But 
Um, yeah, so I'll get I'll get there in the end. I want to run a, one with the uh, condemned battalion and yeah, just experiment. It's just what I love about um, playing uh, the night haunt list. You can just you can pretty much just build towards something, give that a go for a bit, and then you've got other options and other ideas that you can explore. So I'm kind of in the I'm wading through and exploring um, night haunt at the moment, but um, soon changing tact um, to prepare for an upcoming event. <laughs> so. <laughs> There we go. Segue into events. Um, so what have we got coming up? So you've got your one this weekend, Chris? Yeah. So, yeah, heading up to Queensland, I think, Friday. And then I've got the event Saturday, Sunday. So I'm probably going to yep. get there late on the Friday, be knackered, and then play this event. But, um, yeah, it should be good. What's, so What's that one called? It's um, oh, Simon's Southern Scrap 3, I think. He's doing, like, the monthly events. And each each time, I think, he picks a realm and every game is in that realm. So I think we're playing in, is it Gur? I think this one's Gur. Um, didn't even think about that, actually, for my feck, but that'll be <laughs> useful. Um, so, um, yeah, playing in Gur, I think, and uh, it's at Jolt Games, um, which is pretty close, actually, to... Uh, not Jolt Games, that's Canberra. It's <laughs> at, um, oh, Irresistible Force, um, which is kind of near Lo- uh, Fitzy's in Logan Home. Uh, yeah. it's just over, it's just over the highway actually from there um yeah, right. yeah cool. so um yeah that should be good it's like 30 players i think clint's going um that's yeah. home of uh the hammer hammer boys hmm? uh home of uh hammer time is it or the guys that's... that ran the hammer event up there in brisbane oh, I, I don't know you, yeah no, i think it is yeah cool um yeah i think Gemma and mick are going and dennis and yeah so there's a few people coming down ah, to Toowoomba, so that should be good that'd be a, that'd be a cracker yep um so yeah that'll be just a that'll be fun um and then yeah simon's also doing gold con which you said you're going to um michael so yeah that should be yep. good. um so that's the australia day long weekend um and he's doing that at oh i think the hinterland, hinterland it's in the, yeah in the rain yeah on the gold coast yeah, so yeah. on the Gold Coast, um, I think it's, what is it, 64 players he's got um, available. Yeah. I think he's sold about 50 tickets, so I think there's still a few left if people want to get them. Um, and when you write a list, Chris, it's in the realm of fire, mate. Right. Everything's <laughs> in going, the realm I'm of fire. Going, I'm not going to that one. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm afraid. That is, uh, no, that is Riley's, Riley's second birthday on Australia Day, so uh, I will not be going to that one. Give it a miss. Give it a miss this so, year. Yeah. yeah. Um, um but, but then yeah. next down the line after that one is the um throw the dice summer smash 2021 that's the 6th and the 7th of feb uh down in geelong um we've got the event here it just says that event center um in geelong so um get on board there if if you want to travel down to victoria for one of the locals um and next one along the line is saggy t or South Australian GT. Uh, so it's 13th, 14th of March um, over in um, Adelaide. So I believe that one's sold out at this yep. stage. Yeah, I think, I think it's went, sold out in it, two minutes went, or something. It went pretty crazy. Um, yeah, yeah. But I think a few people have dropped because a bunch of, I think because there was so much desire for it, a bunch of other gaming groups like the Bendigo boys have put on events now that same weekend so that people yeah. that missed out on saggy tea tickets can can go there instead so I think a few people have then dropped from 
say tea um to maybe go to other events etc so um some the, people uh, are Vic... on the wait list have got tickets mm. so i know um i'm hopefully going um i don't know yet it's not 100 confirmed i have i have the possibility of a ticket um and accommodation so if i get the go ahead from the other half then i can go but if not then so be it and someone else can have my ticket um but i think liam managed to pick up a ticket i think matty tyrrell just got on just got a ticket as oh, well sweet. um so yeah i think that should be fun um saggy t is one that i've definitely wanted to go to i've never been to south australia so um i'd like to go um i think um i'm waiting to see the actual player list i don't know if doom has published who's actually got tickets yet there's a the toowoomba crowd are going they all got tickets um, oh yeah i thought mick and Gemma had i didn't know about everybody yeah else. um i think all the bendigo guys have pulled out for their their event um I know a big bunch of them missed out on getting a ticket. They were all lined up online ready to go and missed out. Um, so I think the guys that were going over for the second event this year got rollover tickets. So they've donated their tickets to either locals or the wait list. And, yeah, um, I think Patrick Nevin, who actually won it last year, is staying home in Bendigo as well. So there should be definitely some tickets floating around. That's the Vic GT 13th, 14th of March around Bendigo. Yeah, yeah, the Victorian GT, that's on the same same weekend. Yep. So you got the South Australians and the Victorians on the same weekend. Interesting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, we should do a New South Wales one maybe that weekend as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the following week, kind of uh, very close, is the 20th, of March to the 21st of March. So that is the Allure of the Beast Grave. So this is run by uh, the AOS coach. Uh, it's going to be at Canterbury Leagues Club. It's um, it's a narrative event. I am super pumped, super excited about this one. I bought my ticket last week. Um, getting into the pack, getting sinking my teeth into the, um, the Beast Grave, the Allure of the Beast Grave uh, storyline. And um, I've finally got a event I can... Um, that will motivate me to finish this um, narrative army that I originally started for um, the Dwellers uh, narrative event, um, which um, I had to get cancelled earlier in the year. So um, part of this event is you've actually got two Anvil of Apotheosis uh, heroes. So one's your general and one's like an adjutant or a um, you know his offsider. Um, so I've got a couple of models in mind for that. Um, and as I mentioned earlier, I've got the um, Bloodseeker Palanquin, but... Um, day one, you're playing a thousand point games um, through the realm of Gur, and a third game, I think, on the first day is actually a doubles. And game, so it's basically a thousand points plus your two um, plus your two um, anvil of apotheosis heroes. So it's it, and it ends up being if you go the full twenty DP or destiny points, um, it's about a um, it adds up to like a nineteen hundred, oh, sorry, a, a fourteen hundred point game on the first day. And then on the second day, it's you got 1,500-point list and your two heroes as well. So it's like 1,900 points second day. But there's all sorts of cool stuff you can do along the way, like um, accumulate coin. Um, if you achieve certain things, you can win more coin. You've got access to multiple artifacts for your heroes. And there's just all this like really um, interesting, cool stuff in the pack there for the all the narrative buff bunnies out there um, who um, will be interested. So there is quite a few people on the list at the moment. Um, but yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm pumped for that. It's, um, 
going to keep me going over the next few months with the hobby. So are you guys um, getting along to that one or considering getting along? I'm going to try. I don't think I have the weekend off, but I'll certainly try. Yeah, nice. Cool. Uh, no, I, I won't be. I'll be either saggy teeing or I won't be. It's too close but, to the um, back-to-back. Yeah. Back. yeah, it might be a bit too much. But Is know, there any better. house rules on that hero building? Um, um, there is, yeah. So I'll just bring up the pack here. Um, I think it's uh, the only, just off the top of my head while I'm waiting for it to load, uh, it's uh, the only hero. Uh, where is it? Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. It's the one that everyone was taking, but to just say that only night haunts can get ethereal is good. Yeah. So only malignant may use ethereal ethereal ability and heroes may not exceed 16 wounds for any reason. Um, unused points can only be transferred to another hero. So you've got two heroes, 20 DP each. Um, and one okay. is your general, one is your, what well, is represents their trusted advisor. So, yeah. um, yeah, but you can kit them out with, um, they've got three artifact slots. Um, so you've got weapon, armor, and talisman. So you can level them up over the, the course of the tournament. But, um, cool. You can kind of band together. Like the thing I like about it is there's going to be a lot of interaction between players, yeah. um, a lot of alliances being formed. So you've got um, the forces of chaos. Um, so all the chaos players can get together and um, plan how they're going to conquer the beast grave. Um, you've got the alliance of order. Um, so they're all, all about defending and um, <laughs> keeping back the great the hordes of chaos. Then you have like the unaligned powers so death and destruction players are kind of like free agents so you can align yourself to order or chaos and you can actually switch sides throughout the course of the tournament so this <laughs> yeah <laughs> and so you can get bribed with coin like this it's going to yeah. be really fun i think um i'm really looking forward to it but, um, yeah so that's just a but a small taste of what's um uh, what's to come there so um yeah that's it for events that I've got at the moment. So for those listening who want to know where to find information on these events, uh, you just head over to the Australian Age of Sigma page, uh, which is on Facebook. And um, in the announcements, um, there is a list of these events and the links to the to the uh, events. So you can go in there, check out the packs, buy tickets, uh, I think Clint manages that and updates it as people comment in there. So if you've got an event uh, that you want uh, included on that list as well, just um, comment in uh, on that post and it will get added to the list of um, upcoming Aussie events. So yeah, and it's go. great to see the it's great to see the calendar starting to fill up again. And yeah, it just ex it just exploded out after um, end of the end of winter. Um, it, it's a, it's a good name for an event cause it did kind of break the, the, yeah. the ever winter that we were experiencing throughout the year. Um, and yeah, so now the floodgates are open and now we've just got a whole stream of events um, popping up and I'm, I bet you there's more that haven't been, that aren't on this list. Yeah. There's a, there's of. another Canberra local one, uh, yep. January 30th. I think it's like a, a club champs, uh, for the locals, uh, oh, yeah. Charles yep. Black is putting it on. Um, there's a one day down here as well that. I think John Lampy's running. So, yeah, there's oh, cool. yeah. certainly exploded yeah, uh, event-wise. Mm. That's brilliant. I'll have to check those out. I'm going to come down. You should. Yeah, cool. 
Well, I think um, unless there's anything else um, you want to, anyone else, any other shout-outs you want to make, Michael, um, I think we should probably wrap up the show. So where can, if people want to get in touch with you, um, follow you, where can people um, I'm on. Jets? I'm on Twitter as Green Raiders 21. Um, find me on Facebook, um, lurking around in a couple of the Age of Sigma pages. Um, but, yeah, just look for me on Twitter. Usually that's what I'm, I like using. Uh, no extra shout out, but just a big thank you for everyone who came. Um, massive thank you for everyone who showed a bit of support by prizes um, or just helping on the day, especially when I was not prepared, having patience, whatever else. Um, had a couple of people go get lunch lunches for us, pick them up. So um, it was, yeah, it felt like a real community was back together, everyone helping. And yeah. Yeah. Everyone, like Chris said, just everyone walked away having fun. Um, yeah. It was it was just a great weekend, and it's good to see. So thanks, everyone. And thank you, Mike, for putting it on. Yeah, having thank the, you. Having good. the balls just to throw it out there and just throw the dice. You literally just threw, threw two big, massive dices of destiny, and uh, they <laughs> turned up a double six. So there, there's your double six, man. Yeah, we did. Yeah. I, we're really lucky because uh, you can read between the lines with what politicians say if you – pay any notice to them um and i really thought the borders were going to open a little bit sooner just to get christmas up and running and whatnot um melbourne just kept having kickback after kickback so i was a bit stressed that those boys weren't going to turn up but thank heavens uh a week before the event the border yeah. opened and yeah, and um, cutting it fine. I think they were the most relieved out of anybody they could take their masks off they could breathe they could handshake people like um yeah it was it was just a great weekend yeah man um yeah if you want to um, get in touch with me um through the mortally wounded facebook page i'm just messages on there chris and i monitor that one so yeah hit us up there any questions suggestions feedback for the show um also um if you can find me on instagram at jit kadrick um, and that's where I, that's where I spend my hobby, my hobby online presence, mostly, um, pretty much just on there, just my hobby progress. And, um, uh, that's where I sort of dwell, but, um, also just want to give a quick shout out to, um, Kurt and Michael Briggs brothers from Goulburn, um, came down, um, they I've been getting to know them, um, over the last few months up here in the, um, local Age of Sigma scene. Um, and they were keen to come down and just check out the event and see what it was like and all that sort of thing. So they actually took time out of their, their weekend to, to come down and um, and have, have a have a poke around and check out all the armies and talk to people. And um, so, yeah, thanks thanks for coming down, guys, uh, and we'll, we'll catch up with you soon. Yeah, awesome. Um, and as always, yeah, you can catch me or James through the Facebook page, as James said. Uh, and if you want to follow me on Twitter, I am at Wounded Mortally. Um, but yeah, I think that basically wraps up the show. Um, as always, we hope you enjoyed. Um, thanks for listening. And if you've got any ideas for any future shows you'd like us to do, then send us comments um, and yeah, maybe we'll uh, start putting some shows together based on um, listener feedback. So, thanks, guys. Thank you. Peace. Reluctantly crouched at the starting line. Engines pumping and thumping in time. The green light flashes. The flags go up. Churning and burning, they yearn for the cup They deftly maneuver and muscle for rank Fuel burning fast on an empty tank 
Reckless and wild, they pour through the turns Their prowess is potent and secretly stern As they speed through the finish, the flags go down The fans get up and they get out of town The arena is empty, except for one man Still driving and striving as fast as he can The sun has gone down and the moon has come up And long ago somebody left with the cup But he's driving and striving and hugging the turns And thinking of someone for whom he still burns He's going the distance The sun has gone down and the moon has come up. 